We're talking Schmidt with Brittany Schmidt. Just some people that are her friends, and that's it. Cause we're talking Schmidt with Brittany. This episode of Talking Schmidt is brought to you by Face It. Face It is your cosmeceutical grade skincare solution delivered straight to your door. Whether you have dry skin, aging skin, oily skin, whatever it is, they have a skin set solution for you. Just go to their site and take their short little quiz and figure out which skin set works the best for you. Everything is clean, so it doesn't have any phthalates or parabens or other big words that I don't even really know what they mean, but apparently they're bad and they shouldn't be in stuff that you put on your skin. Um, So go to letsfaceit.com, L-E-T-S-F-A-C-I-T.com and use the code TALKIN, (laughs) T-L-T-A-L-K-I-N. For 25% off your first order. Oh, my God. Uh, okay. I'm so excited to have our guest today. Um, she's a dear friend of mine and a great comic, Steph Foster. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. Your face and stuff is working. Um, also, I know. Did we both just wear, like, super soft Yes. <laughs> first of all, for those of you just listening, Steph and I are matching. Yeah. Um, Completely. Steph unplanned. moved to L.A. a couple weeks ago. Months ago? <laughs> Months. How in much? August. Jesus. Okay. What, what is time? <laughs> it's a concept made up. By <laughs> <laughs> but she moved here and I gave her my hairdresser. Oh, yeah. And I gave her my... Dermatologist. Dermatologist. <laughs> and... I told her what car to get. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so she bought a Mini Cooper. Oh, my God. Yeah. And her hair is icy blonde. It's LA mm-hmm, blonde. Mm-hmm. And she's living her best life. I really am. Yeah. Chris was just making fun of me outside for that exact Why? thing. He was like, you've really turned LA quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's when you have guidance like mine, it happens. <laughs> it happens quick. See, I feel like I spent so much time like pillaging the LA wilderness, like trying yeah. to find a colorist that could get my hair the blonde I needed it to be. Yeah. And not charge me. Oh, my God. One time I went to this place called... God, I wish I could remember what it was called. I think it's like a place for wayward blondes. It's in the... Oh, my God. That sounds like a treatment center. I know. It really really does. I think it's in, like, Little Ethiopia in L.A. Okay. It was the most terrifying experience of my life. I don't remember who recommended me to this woman. They're like, she will get your hair perfect, but she's really expensive, and she's sort of abusive to her assistant. And I was like, okay, I'm in. (laughs) You were like, I actually prefer that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. I think I can deal with that. And I went and I remember, so she was doing like, I needed a lot of work done because my hair is naturally quite dark. And so she was doing the foils and then she's like, yeah, I know I quoted you for a half a head, but we're going to have to do a full head. And what she quoted me for a half a head of hair was $450. And I, at this point in my life, oh. didn't really even have $450. <laughs> But I especially did not have $900. But she was so scary to her assistant. She literally was screaming at him, like calling him names. He's like this, I guess, maybe he was in school to do hair or something and like trying to learn from her. And... And it was... It made me so uncomfortable. And I'm not like the nicest person, but it was... (laughs) It was, I love that you feel like you have to say that. <laughs> it was straight up abuse. Like it was so uncomfortable. She was so mean. She was kind of mean to me. And then at the end, my hair cost $900. I was paying it off for like two years. 
I was like, and she took, how did she react when you were like, so the first payment? <laughs> well, no, I was just like, I don't have $900 and you quoted me 450 and you didn't tell me you were changing it until it was done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was already a whole head and she's like, well, you didn't realize you couldn't afford it. And I was like, bitch, what? what? <laughs> like LA is filled with people who are struggling, but trying to look good. Yeah. Like, like anyway so that was one of the most brutal experiences and then i found this other girl vanessa who was good but the first time i went into her she's like don't take this the wrong way but i don't talk to my clients and i was like that's great for me that's actually perfect and then i kept going back to her and then she started like talking to me uh, and i was like why are you talking to me i thought we had like a deal (laughs) i was like i thought we had like a pact and she was like, I never said that. And I was like, okay, so she must have been like really hungover or something. And then she moved to Dubai. And then I got Audra. Audra. Audra is our girl now. And she is a fucking goddess. She's so nice. She's so good. She's so fast. And and she's fair, fairly priced. And so I just fucking love her. fairly priced, yes. by the way. Yes. Yeah. It was hilarious going in there the first time because i went to the actual like little boutique and it's got all the little things in there the craft salon at yeah sunset yeah yep and i got to meet everyone and like we immediately were like best friends talking about like the deepest shit you can think of yes she will go yeah she goes deep (laughs) i love and she's so like she's so brilliant she's so smart she's so thoughtful and like the first time when I went out I could tell she was disappointed Mm -hmm. and like wanted to get it blonder but like okay um backtrack I decided to bleach my own hair and quarantine (laughs) backtrack to the OG problem here which is your hair looked like an orange peel (laughs) it was horrible um you're like how do you like it I was like I get I get it I get what we're going for The good thing about being friends with you is you don't wait for me to ask for recommendations. You're like, "Mm, you need to call this person. (laughs) She's done that with my hair, my skin. Well, she's like, it's problematic. Wouldn't you rather have a friend like that than someone who just lets you look crazy? Yeah, I just said the good thing about being friends with you. (laughs) Is that I know what's wrong with me immediately. Yeah, well. And I only do that because it was, has all been wrong with me in the in the past. Like, you have the same skin thing that I had. And I was like, oh, there's a solution for that. Because literally when I went to a doctor, I had this weird skin fungus. And I don't know how I got it. Or I think it was actually originally from volleyball, playing volleyball. Because really? it can, yeah, like the sweat and stuff. It can, it got on my arms in the beginning. And I don't even know what it's called. But the first doctor that ever prescribed me anything was in high school. And they're just like, use anti-dandruff shampoo on it. Leave it on for 45 minutes and then wash it off. Yeah. And that worked the first time. And then it came back. And then it came back so severely. And in places that I couldn't, like, put (laughs) shampoo on for 45 minutes. I was told to put tough actin' and actin' on (laughs) it. I love that you cannot say tenactin without saying tough actin'. Yeah. That that is truly advertising... (laughs) brilliance and whoever <sighs> thought of that should be proud of themselves yeah but I'm kind of disappointed to be working in advertising now because I've been reading like a lot of Brene Brown's books mm-hmm. and she talks about how horrible advertising is and how it like changes how people see themselves and success and value and all of these things and I'm like oh that's what I do for a living 
yeah, but you do it to pay your bills. Like you yeah. are a comic and you'll be That's a comic. True. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you do it to pay your bills for now. You don't do it because you think you're waking up every morning like, oh, my stars. This is my <laughs> calling. <laughs> like I can't wait to go work at Oh, my Facebook. God. We get 30 seconds this time. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to wow them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard to get a story arc in 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> I don't disagree with Brene Brown. I literally got Botox yesterday. I'm going to get my lips redone next week. And I'm getting Kybella, too. What is Kybella? For my double chin. Oh, my God. What is Kybella, though? I t- <laughs> <laughs> you just said the problem. <laughs> um, it's an injectable that dissolves the fat under here. Oh, my okay, God. Okay, because even when I'm, like, in the best shape of my life, which I'm not right now, <laughs> but even when I am, I have this double chin. I basically just have a short chin. Like this length, like yeah, you, have, you know what I mean. Do like you, you like suck in your tongue? What? Have you not seen that? <laughs> what is it? Well, if you suck in your tongue, then it like takes this part away. Yeah. See. Yeah. So whenever you're taking pictures, make sure you suck in your tongue, girl. Well, I'm hoping just this Kaivala gets rid of that <laughs> part. But anyway, it's like it's, it bothers me, and this is going back to the advertising comment. It bothers me because when I'm on stage and I'm making faces this is what gets photographed and i'm like that's literally all i see (laughs) yeah i don't see someone having a good time or (laughs) or bombing or whatever it is i'm doing on stage i see the double chin the fucking double chin i feel like everyone has something on their face that that's all that they see mine's my nose is it yeah are you gonna get a nose job listen like i've never gotten anything done on my face Okay. And it scares Congrats. me. Congrats. I know. I'm just like, you really haven't been afraid. here long enough. <laughs> <laughs> you have not been yeah. here long enough. I know. But like, even in San Francisco, a lot of my friends were starting to get work done. And like, Your I don't know. This is really pretty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> obviously. obviously. But I, I'm not saying that genuinely. It's obviously very pretty. But yeah, you're in LA, so you can f- fix whatever you want to fix. I know. But I'm like, but you don't have to, and advertising is horrible, and we shouldn't feel like we have to cave into what popular media thinks we should look like. But anyway. Yeah, but you, also, you like, life is life. life. <laughs> but also, like, you have to look at your face every day. Those are all really nice feelings, but if you're going to work at any point when you're in front of a camera or yeah. anything else, like, that's just not true. Like, it's a nice thing to say, but it is not true. People judge you, wrong, wrong writer in between, based on everything from the way that you speak to the way that you look to the mm-hmm. way that you dress. And like, that's just part of this business. A hundred percent. Also speaking of speaking, <laughs> I love that. So you're from North Texas or what part of Texas? I'm from college station, Texas, which is pretty central. Okay, great. So you're from central Texas and you had a fucking accent and somebody called you stupid and you went to <laughs> a speech pathologist. <laughs> Can you please talk in your old accent from here on out? <laughs> I just don't know what you mean, Brittany. <laughs> Do you actually talk like that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, yes. Um, no, I I went, um, I got this internship in Chicago, grew up in Texas. So like just being in Chicago, I was like, oh my God, the buildings. Right. This is crazy. And my mentor they don't have there, those in Texas. <laughs> not like that, <laughs> not that close together. Um, but I went there, did my internship. It was, and then like had my little end of internship meeting with my mentor. And he was like, 
I hate to admit this, but I judged you for the first two months and didn't really give you a chance. Mind you, it was a three-month internship. (laughs) (laughs) Judged you the whole time. Yeah. And he was like, I just assumed that you weren't that smart um, Mm -hmm. because of the way that you speak. And you should really get rid of that accent if you want to work in this business, especially because, you know, as a junior level person, you're going to meet most of your clients through the phone for the first couple of months. And he said, you're already a woman. (laughs) So you have to be fighting against that, too, because the advertising industry is very male driven. Oh, my God. That happened to me at my first internship. Really? Not the accent thing. The woman <laughs> thing. I w- so first of all, I went into advertising having not a fucking clue. I didn't go to ad school. I was just like, what is this? I'm doing this now. And I was an intern copywriter and I went to a meeting to present ideas. And one of the creative director started like humming over me at- while I was presenting. And I was like, okay, this is not going well. Yeah. And then... Uh, at the end, he threw his pen down and he was like, this is why women aren't in advertising. Oh, um, little did he know. Or I think he actually knew. I was very good friends with the person who owned the agency. <laughs> so I texted him immediately and was like, hey, this guy's a misogynistic asshole. Yeah. And he needs to get get dealt with. And then the guy who was like running the company like called me into his office. He's like, hey, um, how's it going? And I'm like fine and he's just like okay so i already know that you did tell the owner of the company about the incident with the creative director he's like so next time like if there's any issues could you just come to me and i was like i'm honestly not gonna do that because i'm friends with the owner of the company so like why would i ever oh can i go to you so i can circumvent it and you guys can continue to allow people to be misogynistic which by the way they did do for many years like they continued to let that man run rampant the fact that you're calling it an incident right <laughs> it's a it's personality like, flaw it is like yeah oh it's, my God. anyway so yeah sorry to hijack your story but yeah no. that um it's fucking wild i've dealt with so much of it in advertising too i got sexually harassed on set one time okay hot. by a client <laughs> okay so we're really cute <laughs> yeah but um how sexually harassed like what level like had me pick him up from his hotel room situation and i was like i'm not coming up and then he was like oh (laughs) he did make that noise bridget is puking (laughs) um and he was like you know your client services you're supposed to do whatever the client wants so if you don't come up here i'm going to complain to your boss that this didn't go well and i was like oh well still not coming um and told the owners of the agency I was working for at the time. And the owner asked me, does this happen to you often? I was like, what the fuck does that have to do with it? Like, it's my fault? Yeah, that's such a loaded question. Because either he could be asking, is this somehow you? Yeah. Or he's asking, is this a problem I've missed a lot? Do you know what I mean? Like, did I or? Yeah, I did not give it the space for anything good. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. I took it well, specifically as like, well, were your tits out? Right, right. <laughs> well, were they? Because <laughs> you have great tits. I know. <laughs> Ugh, and I like bury them so much. I, I know. You really hide them. And every once in a while I get a glance. And I'm like, man, <laughs> if I had those knockers, they would be up to my fucking chin. I would be like suffocating myself in them every day. <laughs> 
my god, I can't run because of them. Okay, I mean, that's well, I really the only I surgery I've thought about getting. It's like getting my boobs smaller. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> Not to brag, but like can't run because of them, but love the excuse. Yeah, I can't run because I have a bad hip, but also I hate running. I love that you have hip dysplasia because that's like a dog thing. <laughs> oh, I know. When I got diagnosed with it, I was like, "Is it, you, you mean like what my German shepherd had? <laughs> like, like she was dragging her hind legs by the time she was 10. Is that like my story? And he was just like, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Like, Sick. Cute. He was Thanks. like, do you have any sports related injuries? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like. No, I mean, like, unless you count, like, fucking athletes. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was like, well, well they played sports. Yeah, people who played sports have decimated my pussy. But no, um, no, I have no, I, I guess it's just like when you're really flexible, the, a lot of times you have a hip dysplasia and oh. then your labrum gets torn and it's a whole thing, but whatever. Does it still hurt? It's starting to like kind of act up again because I got the PRP shot, which is where that you know what that is? No, it's science, baby. <laughs> it's fucking where they pull blood out and then they put it in a centrifuge and then they pull out the platelet rich plasma, which is basically like this amazing healing thing that like heals everything that's just in our blood, which really? is crazy. They put it in an injectable and then they put it to the site of the injury and then it regenerates itself it's like stem cell regeneration but just from your own body wow but people use prp for everything like courtney kardashian is that what they use on athletes when they're like hurting in the middle of a game i don't think it works that fast okay but i think they use it on athletes for a lot of stuff like any sort of injury it makes you heal like a super person and then like courtney kardashian a more relatable example (laughs) Had yeah, but most relatable. <laughs> She's really relatable for me. Um, had a really tight ponytail. Do you watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians? I remember I told you at brunch the other day when my friends were in town, none of us had ever seen an episode. So we decided to watch the very first episode. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And we were like, this is repetitive. <laughs> okay, yeah. So anyway, I love it. Um, it's my friends like, actually felt really bad that they were talking such shit. And then you immediately were like, yeah, I love them. <laughs> I love them because I started out hating them. And I like everyone did like, we're like, what are you here for? Like, what is your purpose? And yeah. then they just like all have like these weird personalities where like Chloe's actually funny and Courtney's actually really funny. And Kim's just Kim. And she's like, doesn't care that she's not funny or interesting, but she's smart in some way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, what was the turning point for you? It was a couple years ago because I definitely, I don't know. I think it was just gradual. It's like one of those things where like when you hear a song for the first time, you're like, oh, I hate this song. Yeah. And then you hear it 20,000 more times and you're like, my hands up, play <laughs> my song. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I thought you were going to do the guy that you were telling me you saw in Venice who was singing... Um, garth brooks oh my god <laughs> live like you were dying yeah no i mean like if you just are exposed to something so much your brain confuses it with liking it which is an actual thing i learned in psychology i'm forgetting the term but it there's something about familiarity and seeing something a lot that like your brain can confuse with actually liking oh my something god. is this talking science or talking, this is talking <laughs> fucking science anyway back to my prp thing so courtney had a fucking ponytail in her hair <laughs> 
a ponytail that was like wound way too tight and it ripped like all of her hair out she had a bald spot and kim was like oh my god courtney you're fucking bald and she was like "Ah!" and then she went to her doctor and they shot her up with prp and the hair grew back in like two weeks what it's it's so just like this magical thing people do prp facials and you look like six years younger oh i thought you were gonna say six years old you look six years old (laughs) you look like a brand new baby yeah it's like this yeah it's a miracle but anyway they put it in my hip it regenerated the labrum which was the torn so basically your femur goes into your hip and the thing that protects it from being bone on bone is the labrum ah got it and the labrum, my labrum was worn like all the way down. So I was like really close to being bone on bone. And then they shot that stuff in there and then it regrew. But then the, and so it's lasted for like a year and a half maybe. And now when it rains, it hurts. Now I know when it's <laughs> going to be rainy. <laughs> no, now every once in a while it's like starting to feel a little like I might need to go do me, go do, do me some more PRP. <laughs> Since we're sober, I do PRP. I do PRP. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I don't know. That was a fucking tangent. But I learned something. This podcast is all about me, and I'm not going to ask <laughs> you any questions. <laughs> <laughs> this Perfect. is basically my podcast, and I will talk just exclusively about me. <laughs> Good. I'll just get to comment on your life. That's Great. my favorite Perfect. thing. <laughs> um, so how are you liking L.A.? I love LA. Yeah. Everybody is so much more friendly. Um, That's categorically false. Really? Everyone pretends to be nice. Well, than San Francisco. Like, oh. people won't even talk to you, but on the street, it's like, and I don't know, maybe it's like having Bridget too, because people are more apt to talk to you with a dog. Right. Um, but I don't know. The neighborhood is cool, it's getting a little. Violenty sketch. <laughs> <laughs> we have had some like shootings and stabbings. We're yeah. both in Venice Beach. In case you want to stalk us, um, they're just like cute little stabbings, though. Yeah, like I was telling you on Thanksgiving morning, I woke up to three gunshots right outside my window. Saw mm-hmm. the shooters, and it was like scary version of it because no one was like running away from the scene mm-hmm. like I wanted them to. They were just like slowly walking, like. Yeah, it was a pretty good shot. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I grew up in a small town in Texas, and this is alarming. And while guns were rampant there, they were <laughs> not being are. shot. <laughs> they were not being shot at other people usually. Yeah, not Did they usually. hit somebody, or were they just like, pow, 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 I got the power. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. They were like, pow, pow, pow. <laughs> <laughs> You know gangsters. <laughs> They're like, pop out. No, pop, pop, pop. <laughs> yeah, it was a loud pop, pop, pop. Um, and then the guy was just like, he looked like frustrated that he didn't hit anything. Right. As one usually is. Yeah, I did. When you're aiming for something. <laughs> Hi, oh, my God. Bridget, Bridget is. Bridget is molesting me. She heard about the sexual assault in advertising, and she's like, let me get in on this. She honestly heard about Face It and was like, <laughs> let me check this out for my mom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Bridget does this weird thing when I'm masturbating uh-huh. that she, like, well, not that. Um. <laughs> She, like, sits at the edge of the bed and lays down, but, like, won't break eye contact. Oh, yeah. 
and I hate it because you know when you can like feel eyes on yes. you and you're like this is yes. me time like yes. literally me time I think dogs are confused I think they're really they think they're a part of the sex act because and when I I have the same thing when I masturbate or when I'm having sex with my husband Biggie will just be like staring into my soul and I'm just like oh my god dog. I can't take it either and it, like then if I know she's looking I'm looking back at her and right. then I'm like this is and then you not... can't concentrate on whatever fantasy is in yeah. your head because it's for sure not staring into the eyes of your dog that makes you come no. so. not anymore no <laughs> that phase has passed oh yeah it's actually horrible um what are you masturbating with the womanizer thing suction cup womanizer oh yeah the womanizer yeah but do you know what i hate about it what is that the logo on it looks like a walgreens logo and no one can come to a walgreens logo that's a good point (laughs) and it's it's also not walgreens prices no it is no top dollar and i do like that they called it a womanizer but i don't yeah because i think we could have beat that of course a man owns the company of course and they're also german Oh, I didn't know that. German engineering, which is why it's so good. <laughs> the womanizer. <laughs> the womanizer. Sehr good for your clit. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the word of the sound that it makes. Because it's like a thumping, but it's also like a suction thumping, depending yeah. on like where you've angled said ahead of it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have the new one? Yeah. So I got the new one, and I don't like it as much as the old one. Really? I've never tried the old one. The old one needs to be a little better. I think it got, like, a little too fancy, where it has, like, that... (laughs) Too German. Yes, a bit (laughs) German. Um, It has that setting where it's, like, just let it roll, and it's, like, all the different... Like, Uh, sometimes it's light, sometimes it's heavy, and... I don't like that. Um, I don't like to guess what's happening next. I like a steady stream and I will move it. Yeah. (laughs) Do you use it during sex also? Yeah. Yeah. Now I can't can't come any other way. Yeah. It's like motor vehicles only. Yeah. And plus like (laughs) it's been quarantined so I haven't had sex in so long. Really? Yeah. I'm dying. Like actually dying. Mm. I think I may be asexual. I'm like, are you still there? Are we, we going to, are we going to have a visitor soon? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe well, you should. And I think I'm like scared because I haven't had sex sober. <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm oh, like, yeah. I just like I've even been having these dreams where I'm like about to have sex with someone and I'm just like, sorry, I don't know. I've never done it. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like become a virgin all over again. so different. It's Tell me. so different. I mean. It's just like you drink and I was like a a frisky drinker. You know what I mean? Like that is like where it's not like I needed to drink to be confident, but it definitely like unveils layers of yourself that aren't accessible when you're sober. Yeah. And so drinking was part of my foreplay. Like a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's just like, yeah, I would like get fucking drunk and come home and like literally rape Chris in his sleep. (laughs) Like I'd be like, I was like the hormone monster on fucking Big Mouth. Oh my God, I love Big Mouth. And then I think it took me like literally six months of, I do feel bad for Chris because I was only really able to have sex because I was not in the mood for it at all ever, like once a week, maybe less. Really? Yeah, it was like. How long did it take you to come out of that? Well, (laughs) 
we might not be out of it yet. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, just sex is a lot different for me now. Yeah. Cause I have to be a lot more thoughtful and like connected to my body, which I never was. That is totally it for me. Like and even masturbating is different. Yeah. And it, like, for me, it was like a performance. You know 100%. what I mean? hundred percent. I was like, this is like playing with the balls, finger in the butt, like just like everything. And now I'm just like, don't touch me. Like it's just, there's just something. And it's not that I don't think I'm sexy because I do. I just am like exhausted a little bit. Yeah. And, but I think you put it perfectly of like, it was always about the performance and never about like, what do I like? What do right. I feel? What do I, right. like, if someone's like, what do you want me to do? I'm like, oh my God, that is the worst question ever. Do not ask me that. Right. But it's like, truly, why have you never thought of that? And well, like, I never cared about, I mean, I never cared about my pleasure. No, never. 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 I always just like, whenever you want, deep, 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 like, which is why it was, you know, a great booty call. Yeah. And it was also like. At a certain point, I was like, let's just get this over with. This is taking too long. Yeah. And I know how to end it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It just changes. I, I wonder if there's any books on it. I should look into it. But I started going to a sex therapist. Yeah, you told me about that. You recommended her as well. Oh, oh. you know who else you recommended? And I still haven't called them dying. Your astrologist. Oh, my astrologer. God. Oh, my God. Sean. He's the best. You I want to go so bad. Audra was also telling me about... It was some guy in New York. It's like $500 for an hour or something like that. And That's a lot of dollars. He per was hour. like spot on, like spot on before she met Caleb was like this current dude that you're with. Never going to stack up to the next guy. Just drop him. It's done. Like everything the next year. Wait, was he true. the gay guy? I think so. Yeah. Did she tell you about him? She might have. The story was wild. Like the shit that he called out and was like, nope, don't do this. Do this. Like all of the stuff. I want to go. I love someone telling me what to do. (laughs) Me too. But I also have a fear. Have you ever read the book, The Alchemist? Yes. Uh, There's so many good points made in that book. There's never, it's such a short book with like all of the good points you ever need made in life. But one of the things that I'm cautious of and I have like a little fear around is that fortune telling thing, like having someone say like, this is going to go great or this is going to go poorly or you know what I mean? Because then you're, it paints your reality. Whereas like you could just live. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and see what happens Um, because it gives you like these expectations for example I went to I don't do tarot a lot but I went to this house yeah that was awful that's the case in point why I don't do tarot a lot Um, I went to this woman on Abbott Kinney and she it was horrifying like she literally was spot on about like a few things like literally pulled the card for my mom and was like I have shivers right now. This is so bad. And I was like, okay. And she's like, there's something so evil here. And I was like, "Uh, yeah, okay. (laughs) You got my mom. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. What else do you want me to say? And she's like, and she just like went into all this pain. And then she like pulled the card for my dad and went into like how, how I'm more similar to him than I even know. And like just all this stuff that's, rang true and then she's like something happened four years ago that's been holding you back from your career and your potential what happened four years ago and I was like 
I started dating my husband. <laughs> and, uh, and she was just like, yeah, so that's holding you back. And I was like, what? And then, and then she's like, and it's going to end terribly. And then I left and I was so fucked up because I was oh, like, oh, shit. I was like, How is it going to end terribly? And then I was just lo- for the next like four months, I was just like looking for evidence to support yeah. this thought that was like a terrible fucking thought. And was never in your head in the first it place. Was never, yeah. And I was just like, I mean, what does that mean? <laughs> like, is he going to die in a fiery wreck on his motorcycle? Is he going to cheat on me? Am I going to cheat on him? Like, yeah. How is, what do you mean? And it's like you put this thing in your head that was never in your head. And then it makes your current reality like worse or better than what it would have been right which it would have just been my fucking life yeah and i wouldn't have been looking for evidence that like shit's gonna hit the fan did you tell chris that's what they no, said i didn't tell him so you just turned into a psycho on the side well i told him maybe like six months later I'm like <laughs> i was like by the way this is why i've been a little weird yeah. <laughs> i was like by the way i went there and she said things are gonna end terribly and he's like great <laughs> Chris is the best kind of person to tell that stuff to because he's like, it's bullshit. He literally doesn't believe in any of it. He thinks it's so stupid. He thinks I'm so stupid. (laughs) I went to, um, do you know Thomas Dale? No. So Thomas Dale was a comic, brilliant comic. So funny, so smart on like was on the panel on Chelsea lately, like, uh, and still I think does comedy every once in a while, but now he's like a clairvoyant. He's like channeled his gift. And I had a session with him that like literally changed my life. Like I came out like crying and shaking. He like channeled my mom and I got like all of this really deep information about like her mental illness and what caused it. And like, and it was very like explicit and tons of details and like it was like oh it made my whole life make sense i'm like yeah oh everything makes sense now and i came out like crying crying and just beside myself and i was like you just told me this (laughs) everything makes sense now because my mom was you know violently ill mentally ill a horrible, mean, abusive person. Yeah. And then he gave me a piece of information that made me understand where all of that came from. And it made everything okay. Because I finally was able to, like, empathize with my mom rather than just, like, you know, I had forgiven her many years ago. But, like, being able to, like, empathize and, like, be like, okay, we're good. And I came and I, came and I told Chris. And he's like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like that is so fucking stupid (laughs) he's like i think less of you for believing it (laughs) are you still like in tears at this point yes (laughs) i'm like you don't understand and i just like went and slammed the door (laughs) he's like i'm glad you feel better but like that's legitimately insane and i was just like fuck you your relationship was due to a clairvoyant (laughs) a clairvoyant and a psychic (laughs) that's the most la shit (laughs) that is the most la shit oh my god yeah i mean listen you turned la quick but for me like when i got here i was like from wisconsin and i'm always gonna eat fucking 
brat. I never ate brats. I don't know. I just said that. But I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to not drink and smoke and fucking. Blah, blah, blah. And then like the other day I was like drinking a green juice, leaving an AA meeting. And I'm like, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> who am I? And what have I done with myself? Yeah. Old Brittany would be shocked and a little oh devastated. God. Yeah. I was just thinking about like old Stephanie raised in small town, Texas, like obsessed with football. Yeah. Same. I gave him a Green Bay Packers, and I still like him, but I'm like, okay, relax. Yeah. <laughs> you were doing that for attention from the football players. hundred uh, <laughs> percent. Like, yeah. no one is going to fuck you for football knowledge stuff, so. Yeah. No. They might. Yeah, but... well, they did, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, they did. <laughs> not in L.A. No, not in L.A. Mm-mm. So, you got sober during the pandemic. During Which it. I'm intimately familiar with. <laughs> How has that been? I mean, I didn't know you before. I just met you in, when did I meet you, March? Uh-huh. Met you in March. I obviously didn't, I, I didn't, I wasn't around you long enough to know whether or not. I was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> but you were just like drinking champagne after a show. So I was like, chic. And then, and then you're like, I think I need help. But I'm like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. It's like, I had a couple of rules in place where I'm like, I'm fine because I don't drink before a show. I'm right. fine because I only drink champagne. How can you be an alcoholic? Right. That it was. I've never heard that. Yeah, I've, I've heard people do that. I've only drink beer, so that's basically water trick. Yeah. But champagne to me is such a nightmare. Like really? Oh, I'll have like one glass on New Year's Eve or a bottle. But like Bridget. Oh, Bridget's having a little moment and maybe she's trying to get the toys anyway i would have like a glass to a bottle every once in a while but like it just the hangovers really i never it was like the one thing i never got hangovers from okay so we all react differently yeah and it was just like so sparkly and then i was sparkly right 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 yeah um but i don't know everyone's like oh my god i can't believe you got sober in a pandemic but to me it's so much easier there's yeah like there are no invites right. <laughs> to yeah. decline. There are no birthday parties where everyone's getting wasted. Yes. There are no weddings. There's, there are yes. no like There's no social pressure. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. I was able to do it completely like for myself, by myself. I didn't need to make this huge announcement yes. because it would have been obvious if I stopped drinking right. anywhere. Right. You know, but it was just kind of a like, all right, let me do this. Let me do a cute little relapse mm-hmm. and then let me get right back in it. And yeah. yeah, like I just recently told my family. Yeah, I think what's interesting about sobriety is there's two ways people react. One is violently <laughs> and they hate it. And that usually means they themselves have some stuff they need to unpack. Yeah. And the other is um, you realize how little people care about you and what you do 100%. at all. percent. People don't care. Um, and I think that's the best thing you can learn in life is that nobody cares Yep. as much as you think they do. Um, everyone's only thinking about themselves in the way that you're only thinking about yourself. And um, life is hell. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, Little education. Yeah. <laughs> Being alive is my life sentence. And <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's so true, though. Like, it's. I think getting sober has really changed the amount of energy I put on what everyone else is going to think versus like what it is that I need to do in this moment. And like a lot of what I need to do is not leave my house. Right. (laughs) Just like relax and chill. Like 
I remember in the first couple of months, I would be like, something's wrong with me. Like I'm sleeping all the time. And you're like, no, you haven't slept in like 12 years. Yeah. Well, that's the truth. So what happened was Chris got something called a whoop strap, which is, (laughs) which sounds like fun, but it was not fun, (laughs) (laughs) which sounds yeah kinky. And it's not, um, it's just something that truly tracks your activity and your downtime and your sleep. And he went on a bender the weekend he got it. And he, he was in bed for seven to eight hours, but it only tracked like 36 minutes of sleep. And so what we found out, because he went out drinking again <laughs> the next night. For science. Yeah, for science. <laughs> um, and it did the same thing is basically that when you're fucked up and you pass out, you're not sleeping, you're unconscious. So your body isn't mm-hmm. getting any restorative sleep, um, which led me to the conclusion that I didn't sleep for a decade. Like I truly didn't sleep. You know what I mean? Like, cause I was, when I started drinking, I never stopped. So like 16 to 28 or 29, I think I was 29 when I got fully sober. Which is so funny because like my excuse so many times was like, oh, I'm going to drink. So I go to sleep. Right. Because it <laughs> makes you tired because it's a depressant and shuts you down. But it's also so much sugar that your body is then in a digestive process all night. Ah. And the sugar on top of it, because there's so much sugar in it, is actually making you like sugar high. Like a fucking if you ate a dozen cupcakes. Yeah. Too bad we couldn't remember our dreams during that part of our lives. They were probably wild like i just started dreaming again while i was sober and now they're like wildly vivid and i'm like that's too much yeah it's it's a lot yeah i don't know i feel like i had so much fun like i do hate when people in the program are like my worst day sober is better than my best day drinking because i'm like get a life yeah i lived in barcelona yeah That's not true. Right. I'm like, I had a lot of really good times. But I think what you do learn in sobriety is that a lot of the times that you thought were actually much better than they were, Mm. you kind of may have possibly looked like a fucking ass clown. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. But I will say, have you been around drunk people? Yeah, I've been around a few. And it's like, it's interesting, right? Because I think at the beginning, I'm like... Yeah, a glass of wine sounds great right now. That does sound relaxing to cook with. But then like a couple drinks in, I'm like, wow, everyone's really slurring. Is that how I sounded? Like I was never there enough to see anyone else too drunk because I was the too drunk one. Right. Well, also the, the, the fallacy that we tell ourselves that we can have a glass of wine and cook really just ends with two bottles of wine and no dinner. You know what I mean? Like... (laughs) Why is it burnt? Why is it on fire? <laughs> oh my god! But uh, you know the firefighters are on their way. It's a party. Yeah. Um. No. So anyway, you got sober. I'm proud of you. Thank you. It's a very LA. LA is a very good community because the sober community is. Yeah, it's one of the biggest reasons I moved here, just because the sober community and the comedy community has a bit of an overlap. Yeah. And that to me was like, and we get to live next to a beach. Okay. I'm in. And San Francisco's cold. It's so cold. Like I don't. It's weird because I lived there for like eight or nine years, and I don't miss it at all. I miss the people terribly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, if I transplanted them and they were in LA, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, we go to the beach now and like wear swimsuits, not mm-hmm. full jackets. Yeah. But you'll find your people in LA. It just takes time. Yeah, it's just hard in a pandemic. 
It is hard We're, like, to legally out. not supposed to meet new people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> legally, I am not allowed to meet new people. <laughs> I still have gone, like, on a few dates, like, walking dates, mm-hmm. which, like, a beach walk is nice. Yeah. It is. And how did you, when did you, and how did you get into comedy? Um, I started like dabbling a little bit in San Francisco, but then when I moved to Barcelona, I actually had the time cause I wasn't working at an ad agency. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just started getting on stage there, which was interesting to cut your teeth in a place where like there's no references allowed right. because everyone has such wildly different references. Right. Um, but there was such a big expat community, uh, that it was obviously in English, not in Spanish. Right. Of course. That would have been insane. Um, but yeah, so I started there and then I came back to San Francisco for a friend's wedding Mm -hmm. and I was doing a couple of shows around and then someone was like, Hey, will you be in this contest? And I was like, I don't live here. And they were like, that's fine. And then I won the contest, and I was the first woman to ever win it. Ooh. What so was the contest? It was at Cobb's Comedy Club. Okay. Uh, they just do, like, an annual one. Um, so, yeah, after that, I got, like, a ton of bookings, and then my visa res- renewed in Barcelona. So I was like, I guess I'll come back and be a comic. Yeah. And I'm here. And I'm here. I love that. Yeah. <sighs> You're so funny. Thanks. I'm excited for your Zoom show tonight. I'm excited for my Zoom show. I'm excited for a show I can't give details on about next year. Oh, yeah. Well, doesn't that just make you wish you were actually friends with her? So <laughs> you could have the details like <laughs> I actually have the fucking details. She will be on TV. I mm-hmm. don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I said it. <laughs> <laughs> on a channel. On a channel. <laughs> on a show. I don't, yeah, that's all the information we're giving you. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say something and then I forgot, but it was good. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Remember. <sighs> do, do, you know do, what do. I hate about social media is that I'm 100% sure it's the reason I don't have a memory anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Google, not social media. I think it's fucking social media. I literally go on Instagram and my whole entire memory goes away. I have ta- had it off my phone for so long and I put it back on today and I was like, why did you do it? It's so much more pleasant when you don't have it. Oh my God. It's so great when I don't have it. I put it on because I knew we were doing the podcast and I know I was going to upload our little. Uh, yeah. So I put it on and then while I was there, I was like, well, I may as well just like poke around and, you know, yeah. be unhealthy. It's so addictive. It's ridiculous. It's so addictive. It's really upsetting. What was in that coffee cup that you drank? Oh, my God. Speaking of Audra, she got me hooked on these pumpkin spice cold brews from Starbucks. Like, first of all, I was very anti-Starbucks. Like, ew. I'm very anti-pumpkin spice. It's not that, like, you cannot taste it. It's just, like, delicious. And she was like, honestly, when you have one, you automatically have a good day. And I think I've had a good day a lot of days in a row this week. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, my life is much better. Yeah. I'm off Zoloft. (laughs) I don't need my anti-depression meds anymore. Oh my God. When I went off my anti-depression meds, it was like, I went on them and I was like, you know what? I'm feeling fine. I don't need these. Like, (laughs) bitch, you're feeling fine because it's working. Right. 
Oh my god, it was like having a relapse in its own sense. I was miserable. Are you on antidepressants now? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So I'm not, but I was temporarily. What happened was obviously uh, to you, not to everyone. My mom committed suicide, and then I also decided that was the time for me to quit drinking, mm-hmm. um, which I loved drinking more than my mom, and that's a fact. Like <laughs> on God, and so I wasn't really mourning. I couldn't tell what I was mourning because it wasn't really the loss of my mom. It was the loss of my best friend alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I need antidepressants. And I went on them and I was like, this fucking sucks. And uh, it, it was like, it was fine. But I was like, I don't need to be. What I really needed was fucking program. But I just, just took myself off of them. But I was on Zoloft. And when I took myself off, I didn't wean like you're supposed yeah. to. I just yanked myself off. And I was spinning for two weeks straight. Like I woke up like, you know, when you have like a hard night of drinking and you're like, yes, Woo! I was. <laughs> That was like, I was like walking, like falling around. Chris was like, what are you, what are you on now? (laughs) I'm like, I'm not on anything. This is just me now. I just fall over. Yeah. I'm on Zoloft. I did like the whole, like just randomly take myself out. Yeah. And I would like drive by bridges and I would be like, that is a great bridge to jump off of. (laughs) I still have that thought literally we were just in carmel and i'm like the bixby bridge is such a beautiful way to kill it's yourself such a chic bridge it's when i was traveling gorgeous. in europe i was like deeply depressed <laughs> just not on any meds drinking and using every drug that was offered which was a lot and every bridge i went by i was like is this chic enough to kill myself yes. on like it's a real thing god i'm so glad bridge someone porn. else said that <laughs> yeah bridge porn because i literally wrote it in my notes for a joke and i'm like this feels too dark no but it's i I'm- love that that's too dark for you considering <laughs> like <laughs> well no i have jokes about suicide but not about me committing suicide <laughs> i feel like also the joke department has needed to get a little facelift and be a little lighter this year specifically because everyone is so scared and so depressed that they can't really hear a suicide joke no they're like i relate too much (laughs) exactly they're like and also are you okay yeah Um, have you ever had someone after a show be like are you okay i've had someone ask me is that true yeah um and i say yep and then they're like yikes yeah but yeah i can't i I don't think anyone really cares back to my original point that nobody (laughs) really actually cares about you at all um someone's listening to your set that closely that they can go back backtrack it to you that just means you're a great comic right i i think i've scared some people like and they're like we hope you're fine but (laughs) I'm great. I'm great. Like, it's literally the best joke in my set. So if I wasn't great, I wouldn't talk about it on stage. Right. If I wasn't at the point mentally where I could make this funny, so fucking funny, that I think you should think it's funny, yeah. then I wouldn't tell you that. I wouldn't put you in a position where I'm putting you, making you uncomfortable or myself at harm. Like, if I wasn't mentally strong enough to say this joke and understand that it might not get a laugh, <laughs> and, like, yeah. after that, I'm like, well, I guess I'll just make, like, my mom and kill myself. You know, like, I can't. (laughs) That's like literally the only, I'm like, the only chance of me committing suicide is if I bomb. If you don't laugh at this joke. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I love a good bomb. Like, you saw me bomb the other day, um, (laughs) which is 
oh my god it's it was so fun like even when i was listening to my tape you gotta have fun when you're bombing because the crowd can tell the difference between a bomb that is ruining you and your reason to live (laughs) and a bomb that's just you trying shit that you actually know is not working and you're still having like at one point in that set i was like i'm going to kill myself tonight (laughs) the best part was like you got heckled from some fight happening and you're like dad I had so much fun and I listened to that tape and I'm like, God, we're good at bombing. We love a good bomb. You have so many good like one liners. Yeah. I mean, you got to have a couple. You just have to have fun. I mean, that's the thing because bombing can ruin your life. Yeah. There's a couple. What's the worst bomb that's ever happened to you? When I came back from Barcelona, none of my friends in San Francisco had ever seen me do comedy. So I was like, oh, let's invite them to the very first show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And totally forgot what I was going to say on stage. Uh And I was so new that I was like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I hated myself afterwards. And there was no reason to. Yeah. Like I had every excuse in the book to have bombed that night. And like, maybe don't invite 50 people to one show. (laughs) Yeah. You got to make sure you're ready if you're going to invite. Well, I think yeah. that's like the kind of the rule in comedy is you want to perform to strangers most of the time. Yeah. Because uh, something happens where when you know people, they either go over the top laughing yes. and make sure you feel safe and comfortable where yes. you're not sure if you're a good comic or if you just have people that love you. Or there's just something funny when you do know that person and they're saying something. Right. And I don't ever want to like that be the reason that it's the laugh and I keep doing the joke and it's not actually funny yet. Right. Or there's the reverse of people knowing you, which is that nobody's laughing and they're not <laughs> laughing. And then they're also just worried about you and your well being, And if you're going to be okay. Yeah. And so I just don't, I love to do strangers, all strangers. I will a hundred times. Yeah. I would pick that any day over a crowd of my, of people I know. A hundred percent. Yeah. Unless I'm in a contest because they clap loud. Right. Well, then if they know there's something, of course, there's like, yeah, but we don't normal, do that many contests. No, normal show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Strangers. Strangers all day. Because then at least you know, you know, like when I bombed the other day, I didn't know any of those people, but I do know those jokes suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, when you're doing jokes for the first time on stage and working them out, like laughing and not laughing also is the same information right yes and no is exactly what i need to hear exactly yeah exactly so i'm like i thought i had five minutes on a breathalyzer i have (laughs) 26 seconds that's it and that's fine and that's all the information i needed you know what i mean great i don't have to go through that again yeah we're done (laughs) i thought i fucking had i thought i was gonna fucking slay you hoes guess what (laughs) you slayed me you slayed me (laughs) (laughs) you slayed my ass (laughs) oh my god so are you gonna drive your mini cooper to texas for christmas uh no (laughs) (laughs) my parents want me to drive home for christmas and my dad was like it'll be a great way for you to see the country i was like nobody wants to see that part of it well i guess actually sedona if you drive i mean there was cool parts that i was gonna stop like i really want to go to marfa texas have you ever been there Uh -uh. it's like this out in the middle of nowhere they've got all of these art trucks and art stuff and it's Ooh, like that sounds cool yeah like you stay in either like these teepee things or these at cosmo i think it's called and it's like in these old like bus type of things mm-hmm. so i mean there was some cool stuff i was gonna do on the way but driving three days yeah no there and back just sounded horrible and it just sounded like 
a recipe for me to like spread COVID and gain it and all of that kind of shit. Yeah, I think this year has been really interesting um, on the parent front because I think for a long time we've all been able just to. Just this year. <laughs> well, just this year. No, I mean, I think for a long time as liberal children of conservative parents, mm-hmm. it's been easy to ignore the ignorance on yeah. the right for for the most part. It's like uh, my dad and I have a straight up no politics rule. Like, we cannot talk about it. We will never agree on it. We are getting different information, and that's a fact. Like, there is the truth, and then there's the conservative media on the truth and the liberal media on the truth, and both are false in some way. Yep. So, like, we're just going to argue until we hate each other, and I'd rather have the love of my only living parent rather than fight over something that ultimately neither of us will ever agree on. Yeah. We have the rule. Um my dad does not respect the rule. <laughs> yeah, my dad sometimes wants to talk, but I, I just, I'm like, hey, let's stop. Yeah. You know, he called me three days ago and was like, well, I heard now you're blah, blah, blah. somebody that just got elected into office now won't punish anything but murder. So I think it's time for you to get a gun and <laughs> probably get ready to get robbed. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, First of all, I didn't even he- I don't really listen to the news because I do think ignorance is bliss. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. It sounds like it's not. <laughs> um, like just, you know, just on logic alone, it feels like no elected official will be like, hey, now anything goes except for murder. <laughs> murder. And then even then first 48 and beyond that, uh, you know, that goes too. like I just it didn't sound real, and I was like, "Hey, Dad, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about this." And he's like, "Well, yeah. you should know where your tax dollars are going to." <laughs> and I'm like, "Jesus Christ! I just told you." He's like, "Okay," and then just like that, he just changed the topic. He's like, "So, anyways, blah blah blah." And I was just like, "Oh my God, <laughs> just respect the rule, dude." Oh yeah, I gotta get better at being like, because I will totally play into it. I will get baited so quickly. Yeah, you're emotional i remember you being upset when your parents went to vegas which was hilarious <laughs> by the way my parents have been to vegas multiple times during the pandemic and cabo because and they cabo are because spring they are breakers uneducated <laughs> <laughs> no they are educated yeah, they're, they're just very educated they're educated with the wrong stuff like that's the thing or not the wrong stuff they're educated with Fox News. Yeah. So it's like it's in their heads. It's not wrong, which is why I think it, this year has been so difficult because somehow a pandemic has been politicized where it's like people think they are educated because they are watching the news and their news is telling them something different than science. Yeah. So and and they are very educated. I will say my parents are very plugged into some sort of news. Right. Um, that's, that's a hard thing. You can't tell them they're and uneducated. Like my dad has like so many facts. Like yeah. he's just fucking red. with the facts of like more people have died from the flu and no one cares about that and like blah 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 and I'm like I'm pretty sure that's like an overall number not all in this past year Mm -hmm. but um yeah and I just I don't know I'm very plugged into the news it's super important for me to be informed because I think for so long I was not informed and when I wasn't informed I didn't feel like I could participate in the conversation that's where I'm at now I'm not informed and I don't participate that's great. <laughs> I think that's like, I'm I would not... rather people do that versus the person who like flips on Instagram and thinks they're fucking educated yeah. and gets to comment on things. And you're like, what yeah. are you talking yeah. about? I know like broad strokes and I don't want to be like a fucking dummy 
but I know for a fact that my brain can't retain all of the information <laughs> and it's also not that excited about it Yeah, because I can't really engage in something that I'm not excited about. And while I would love to be excited about global economics and pl- pa- pandemics, I almost just said pandemics <laughs> because I am, I am Fox news. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this is Brittany Schmidt reporting <laughs> live from Fox news. Science. Um, <laughs> <laughs> While I would love to know all of that stuff and care deeply about it, I literally, like, my brain, like, short circuits. It's like when Chris starts talking about cars. <laughs> like, I'm just like, zzz, zzz, zzz. like, if I just, I just can't. And I, and so that, so I don't want to fight with anyone about it. Yeah. And I don't really want to talk about it. Mine's more, like, from a place of pride. It's not from a good place. Like, right. I think I was called stupid so much in my life mm. that now I feel like, I can't be right and I have to prove to everyone just how big my brain is right 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 <laughs> good for you and like I like having conversations with my friends who um are more educated than me and learning a little bit of stuff yeah but I don't like the judgment um I don't like the judgment that everyone on both the left and right is hurling at each other for like not being woke enough or not knowing enough because it's like that makes us all afraid to ask questions and to learn yeah. because we don't want to be attacked. It's the same thing as the cancel cu- culture. Right. Like if we're going to go around canceling everyone, then no one's going to admit when they do do something wrong or right. they have a question or they don't understand because of the fear of being like ripped off the face of the earth. Right. I don't want to be like ostracized because I don't fucking understand what's going on with politics. Yeah. People you know? should be able to ask questions. And it's like, obviously I should maybe do a little more work on the back end and like inform myself and not, be such a jackass but but there's such a thing as mental health too and like constantly consuming it like I have had to take breaks and I've had to back away from it and all of those things because I get overwhelmed yeah and uh, like I have anxiety I have depression like watching the news is not smart for me right right (laughs) like so like but I will do it to prove a point yeah (laughs) (laughs) is it good for my mental health no but I'll do it to show you I am not an idiot exactly my pride is huge (laughs) we love that for us (laughs) Um, so anyway, no, there's no boys in the mix for you. You're single. Single. What's your type? Oh, um, tall, funny, like really thoughtful, not so much like spiritual like I am just because I just don't find many dudes like that, Mm -hmm. but thoughtful, um, so like Russell Brand. Yeah. But like beefier. He's like a skinny, tiny bread. He's not skinny. Yeah, he is. He seems like a twig to me. I feel like he does push-ups. Yeah, for sure. He's also married, so I don't know why. But I'm just trying to like envision. Who's he married to again? Someone. Not Katy Perry. <laughs> <laughs> again, bringing you Fox News. Who's this whole brand married to? Not Katy Perry. <laughs> Weren't they married? And then they got divorced? I don't know if they were ever married, but I know, like... I thought they got married whole, and divorced. It, his whole addiction thing had something in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he has a sex addict. so good. Oh, yeah. His book is amazing. Um, okay, so I'm trying to think of who else. Oh, okay. Um, Drake would be fine. <gasps> oh, my God. Did you see the new Drake candle? No. Drake put out a candle that smells like Drake. Oh my God, please buy it for me. I Honestly, I saw it and I was like, I need to buy that for her. And then I forgot about it until right this <laughs> I did second. buy that LA candle that you posted about. Oh, you did? Yeah, it's Isn't great. Isn't it amazing? It's really great. And I love that art. I wish I had it as a print. 
You can get it. It's his original picture. It's Esteban oh, really? He's a, he's That book right there, This is Los Angeles, under Chris's computer, Ooh. is Esteban Oriel. He is one of the most like famous like LA photographers. Do you know Mr. Cartoon, the um, tattoo artist? No. Okay, well, anyway, they were like pals for a while, and I think they still are, but Esteban Oriel is fucking sick. Awesome. Actually, yeah. yeah. I love that candle. Love it. It's so good. In your candle making endeavors, you should try and recreate it. Ooh. Because what is that? Like sense of lilies or? I don't know. It's something very floral, but not like overwhelming, but it will fill up a whole room with the smell. Yeah. Which is like cocaine was a flower. That's what it smells like. Well, that's what it's called. Really? It's called cocaine. (laughs) The candle is called cocaine. I did not know that. Yes. Yes. It's the cocaine candle by Esteban Oriel, and everyone should get one because fucking... That guy fucks. And yeah, that guy does fuck. That guy fucks for sure. <laughs> um, I wonder if he wants to do my podcast. That I should DM and, him. And like, we should also like do candle reviews. <laughs> oh, we should. I would be so down. Right? Oh my God, yeah. I'm obsessed with candles. I bought one from Bath and Body Works a while ago. Ew, I know. I'm ashamed. I'm, I'm also. <laughs> and it gave me a migraine every <gasps> time I lit it. But my pride wouldn't let me <laughs> throw it away. <laughs> How many times did you light it? It was one of the jumbos. Yeah. <laughs> so you just like jumped into that Bed Bath yeah. Beyond thing. No, I just it was just yeah, just one, and I was like, oh, this it smelled like an Abercrombie and Fitch, <laughs> which made me reminiscent of a time when I wish I was cooler. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would beg my mom to get like shirts from that store for and like seventy dollars. Like, yeah, she was like. No. Yeah. My mom was like, we're going to Walmart. Like, <laughs> fuck you. TJ Maxx, Max and Easta. Totally. Um, anyway, the Esteban Oriel candle is fucking dope. All right. I feel like we did it. Did we do it? I think we fucking did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is your Insta? Where can everyone follow you? Oh, you can follow me at Slew Foster, S-L-U-F-O-S-T-E-R on was, Instagram. Was Steph Foster not available? Yeah. Shockingly. Such slew. not a basic name. It's Stephanie so... Lucille. So slew. That's what it is. See, slew, when I didn't slut? know Lucille was your middle name, I thought it was slut. Yeah, my brother used to call me a slew. Okay, you can't eat your ass on my lap, Bridget. <laughs> you literally, I'll let you do other things, but not that. Um, you can find Bridget and I both on my Instagram. <laughs> Bridget will defiantly be eating her ass all over Instagram. Um, she was mildly behaved today. She was great. All right. I love you. Thank you so much. Love you. Bye. Bye.